Welcome to all our listeners and viewers, and thank you for joining this very special episode of Unexpected Perspectives with your host, me, Mark Zeglov. This series looks at exploring topics and ideas across the field of cybersecurity, technology, and leadership. Today, we are here in Dubai, which is a place that continues to transform itself into a destination for business, innovation, and has that can-do approach. A true inspiration for understanding and managing and taking risk. This episode is about change. In particular, we're going to explore the world of cybersecurity and humanity. How can security be both sustainable and sincere? To help me explore this topic in greater depth, I'm very grateful for my guests in taking time out of their schedule to join me here today. I would like to welcome both Vidya Valba and Bharat Rankagar, two highly eminent professionals in their respective fields. I'd like to ask the first question over to Bharat, if I may. So, first of all, I would like to understand what you perceive as the key challenges um, in ensuring security is sustainable, and also what your interpretation and definition of sustainability is in this context. First of all, thanks. Uh, thanks, Mark, for having us over here. And um, I hope you're actually enjoying your stay in Dubai. Loving it. To your particular uh, specific point, right? I mean, when we talk about cybersecurity, cybersecurity from a sustainability perspective can actually be taken into multiple different dimensions. But uh, let me sort of call out two specific ones more related to, you know, the today's uh, topic and environment. First of all, cybersecurity has an enabler to the business. That is one of the key things, right? Uh, by my experience of the last 28 years, what I've actually seen that cybersecurity used to be always as an afterthought and not embedded into the DNA of the organization. This sort of led to decisions, business decisions, which then gets driven by technology, not to be uniform. And then as soon as at a later stage, you actually try to bring in the cybersecurity aspect of it, may it be from a regulation perspective or from the risk perspective. It was being afterthought, you know, it always was taken as a showstopper of the business to actually go forward. Um, cybersecurity actually is the other way around. I mean, I, I remember Peter Rickman's uh, statement where he actually says that security is a break which actually helps organization to actually run faster and not as a disabler. So that's one aspect from a sustainability perspective. How do you perceive cybersecurity? How you actually ensure that it's a part of the overall DNA of the organization, not only for only from a technology perspective, because that's the other myth that a lot of business takes it as cybersecurity means it's related to technology. No, it actually has all the three aspects, the people, the process, and the technology. Now, if I take a cue from these three pillars and go into today, we all talk about sustainability from a climate perspective, from a wastage perspective. A lot of initiatives are actually being taken by various different government entities and organizations to go towards sustainability from that aspect. Now, even over there, security plays a very important role. Simple thing, you know, we talk about waste management destruction or ensuring that your carbon footprints are reduced. Now, yes, you have those initiatives. As I actually mentioned before, if cybersecurity is not taken as a foresight, even when you are running those programs, at the end, you will actually find that you will not be able to complete the entire kill chain and lead to more challenges and 
the way I look at it is if you have to reverse your decision, you know, that actually speak, speaking, I know, uh, increases your overall carbon f- footprints and then it doesn't become a sustainable model. Okay, no th- yeah, thank you. Uh, Vidya, do, do you have anything else to add? No, that's, those are very good points. Uh, thank you very much, Mark, for having me over. And hello, Bharat, for joining me on this podcast with Mark. Uh, so st- sustainability is a very uh, interesting topic, right? A lot of people use, a lot of organizations are using sustainability in many different contexts. And putting a context with sustainability plus um, cybersecurity uh, is a, it's not a unique concept, but it's a concept that should have been brought up over before, right? Why, it, do, why do you think it hasn't been brought up today? Why? I think a lot of people uh, usually brought up, uh, you know, cybersecurity, and then it's more of its reactiveness, uh, as uh, Bharat was saying before. And sustainability was never; it's always an afterthought. Sustainability is more of a pre-planning, uh, you know, pr- planning part of your processes, and then going forward with it. It's supposed to be part of your roadmap day in and day out. I mean, look at your normal things as a as fire, right? Fire is something that is technology that we've been using for years and generations and eras, right? But do we think about, oh, we're going to have fire and then not uh, talk about the safety and precautions of it. But as part of using it, you then build in safety and sustainability of that in that space. So as we move into technology and new innovations and generations, sustainability has to be baked with everything that we do, not an afterthought. Um and as you said, as Pyra said earlier on as well, it's not only baked in cybersecurity, but also into uh, environment strategies, businesses, um, and other aspects that we that that we keep growing into. Right? There's it, there's always going to be innovation. So, how do we take that forward with sustainability? It's always going to be a concept that we need to innovate in as well. So, do you think um, fear, uncertainty, and doubt are other is what's holding this back, the, the the drive to have security and sustainability working in harmony, in tandem together? Oh, that's a very good question. So FUD is always something that people have, right? And you have different spectrums of it, depending on your um, your business, your risk level, your appetite, as well as... Um, your region that you're working in maybe. So there's a number of the, you know, uh, aspects that people take into consideration when it comes to uncertainty um, and making end doubts and making uh, decision making. Um, if you were talking about here in Dubai, uh, Dubai is quite growing. We are a, a region that is happy to take risks. We're inviting people to, <laughs> to, um, uh, you know, um, fund and develop and the organizations here are ready to innovate and collaborate and take those risks. And sustainability again comes into that space is that how do we then move forward with this? So I think fear is a relative question, but it also needs to be coupled with your appetite for risk as well as innovation. So um, sometimes you're going to have to put aside your fear to then innovate and take the risk of that. And if you're too cautious, then it's hard to then find the right balance of where you want to go. So how do you then move forward? And you you will need to take risks in order to go forward. And cybersecurity shouldn't be limiting it. It's actually there to proactively help you and put build those controls. There's just not one answer. 
No, thank you. Thank you for that. And I certainly see that in my experience here in Dubai, because as, as you were saying, seeing, seeing Dubai and how it has transformed itself, how it takes risks, some of those risks don't actually pay out. But in the long run, you can see that they're not afraid to take risks, but they're taking them in the knowledge of what those risks are. So they're not blindly taking risks, they're understanding them and then making the making the steps to, to take advantage of those opportunities. They're making informed decisions. Mm. And and I think as they go through this process, they're happily reiterating and it's a very, very agile uh, way of them going through this process of taking risks, but then learning from it and then, hey, you know what, this didn't work out, so we're going to try something else. <laughs> and they're happy to pivot. Exactly. Right? Pivot is one of, pivoting during the, these decisions are important and imperative. That's true. Bharat, did you have anything to add? So I, I would actually maybe give it a bit of a different twist if you are your account, right? Uh, if I take, you know, maybe say five, six years back, right? Uh, cybersecurity, yes, there was a fear. Fear not that it will fail, but the fear that in the rate which actually organizations want to grow, including the country, right? it was a feeling that security would actually be a showstopper or like a camel hump, which will actually make it go slow. And that was the fear that, okay, let's try to keep security at the last and see how it actually works if we need it, right? But, uh, you know, with the changing times and the advent of internet and supercomputing and all those, the kind of threats which actually have been sort of noticed and also a lot of organizations have actually been attacked onto it. That fear now has actually, the previous fear of being a showstopper or a road hump has actually changed into a different kind of a fear that if I don't cater to cybersecurity right from the thought, you know, I'm actually going to face challenge. I'm actually, it, my business is going to get disruptive. So yes, fear is there, but the kind of fear has actually changed. Um, now, can I say one is good over the other? No. To me, both are sort of equal, right? It, it all boils down to what's the appetite of the organization, right? Uh, I would not recommend anybody to actually overspend on cybersecurity, right? Because you also have to look at the return of investment. That if I'm actually, if I'm like trying to protect, let's say, for example, this cup of coffee, which costs me X dollars, you know, and I'm actually spending X plus 20% or X percent about it, you know, is it really the worth it, right? So that is where having the exposure, having the risk tolerance defined is the key, right? Now, that is something which I believe, you know, among a lot of other governments, even the UAE government actually has taken that into its stride, that they know their risk appetite, they know how much they can actually sustain it, right? That is where going back to from a sustainability, that's the other sustainability which we're actually looking at. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. I think even from my own experience, Every time I go into an organization, I, the first thing I try to understand is not just the organizational context, because for cybersecurity, it's always about understanding those business drivers, understanding what they're trying to achieve, and just right-sizing security based on budget, cost, risk, uh, to risk what they actually do, what they're actually processing. So, no, I can... And also when, you know, looking at your fear, it's not only the fear of the business itself, but it's about fear of change. A lot of people don't understand the difference between are they afraid of cybersecurity or are they afraid of change that they need to make in their fundamental maybe product 
or the customer serving or the services in order to cater for the sustainability in the future. And they think that having security baked into the process, either upfront, will again slow them up, down or regress and make them redo some of the things that they have previously put in place. So a lot of start, there's a lot of startups in uh, Dubai. And as we've seen through our own advisories and working with these organizations, the first thing that a lot of people will say, so how will this impact my you know, product to market? How will cybersecurity do that? And will that mean that my service offering will be slowing down? How would I then, or will I not be able to share the data or things like that, that you know, they are fundamental to them, not understanding how cybersecurity actually is none of that. It's actually an enabler more than anything else because it gives security to your customers. It gives security to your uh, organization. It gives security to your product. It actually increases your brand value. It has a lot of things in there. So with security actually brings a lot of positives versus negatives, but without understanding your organization or their doubts, I would say again, um, is, is something that, you know, we as cybersecurity specialists and uh, and experts have to break those um, nuances <laughs> more than anything and, and, and dumb it down, right, you know, to the layman. Because a lot of people will say, well, security, I, do I need to, you know, put all of those things in place or it's going to cost me? And that's the other aspect. Does security cost? And sometimes security doesn't cost because it's all a mentality and mind change of the organization. So just just expanding on that. So what what is the role of of leaders and the cybersecurity community to that they have to play in helping re reshape or reframe that level that type of thinking to take that more positive can do approach and just just do it because it's the right thing to do. That's a very good question. And I think the mindset is very good. Their culture. Right? Culture is the biggest um, challenge that we as, ex- as uh, inside security experts deal with. It's not the technology. It's not your software. It's none of that. It's actually culture and it's people. It's convincing people and having them look at a problem differently. Um, security is not a hindrance. Security is there to protect yourselves and then using it in the right way, right? Uh, at, at home, people have locks and they have doors and they have windows, but you can either leave them open or you can lock them up and you can put all these bolts and buckles on them. So it's to your caterance and how you actually want to use that in the environment that you are using it. If you were in Dubai, we have security in a more relaxed way because when the laws are supporting us, you've got uh, the mindset of people, you have uh, your, uh, your culture that promotes safety as well. So it depends on where you are and how security is then embedded within within each area. Barrett, is there anything else you'd like to add to that, Eric? Look, uh, the first and foremost, you talked about a leader, right? The tone is very important. The tone from top, we've been talking about this for ages, right? Mm. But do we actually really see each and every organization believing in that or following that? Unfortunately, no. And the second aspect um, has leaders, uh, what I sort of recommend to leaders um, more from a business perspective is, don't just rely on technology. You can actually have the best of technology. But till the time 
you don't really set up the process right as well as ensure that there are right people at the right place you know uh, what we have seen and uh, that's less in um, uae but i've actually seen from a global perspective there are a lot of accidental um, CISO, CIOs, or CXOs per se, right? And then the burden of performing and, you know, executing it first time right kind of thing becomes too much for them. What do I mean by that? And to give you a classic example, I was actually doing a project um, for an org a large organization, a multi a global organization, doing an HR transformation, right? And what I actually saw was that HR transformation was actually driven by a non-HR person. Why? Because the transformation was more treated as, you know, a project. Transformations, even though it is a program, but you have to have the right people around it, right? Why do I say that? You can actually do a transformation by just by change of technology, but would that technology really support your business growth? You know, may not be. That is where to understand the HR process. What are the nuances? What are the limitations? Both from a technology perspective, as well as from a people perspective. Because if you change the technology and if you don't upskill the people, I'm not saying change the people, upskill the people in the right technology, right? That technology, we will actually not use it to the fullest. I mean, take our own example, right? Um, Apple comes up with iPhones, new versions every year. They come up with their new operating system every year. But, you know, you do a survey and check uh, what are the, from a percentage perspective, what are the features we actually use? I can bet, and there are surveys which actually says that not more than 18 to 20% of the features actually used at an average by people. Why? Because people are not being upskilled to use that particular process, right? So that's, that's basically the tone from the top kind of thing, which is very important. The second aspect is from a leader perspective, um, I sort of recommend as an advisor to all the leaders is let people take risk. Till the time you don't take, allow them to take risk, if you just bind them around it, you will not find innovation. You will not find people who are able to, you know, take your business leaps and bounds ahead. They will actually just be going by the books, right? Yes, there are regulations, there are standards which they can actually use it as a reference, but not use it as a reference of not for not doing things, you know, use that as an experience of how other organizations have actually used that to grow faster. And I think this is a myth buster, right, for us, what um, about it's actually saying, if I just summarize it for a little bit, is, is that um, cybersecurity specialists or SMEs are mainly looked at non-risk takers. And I feel, at least in my own experience, I feel it's the quite opposite. We actually do take more risks, but we take calculated risks, yes, but we do identify them and we will work through those. But we never stop the business or anyone that is innovating to stop that because otherwise you wouldn't be innovating. Apple would never innovate. Windows would never in, in, innovate. Microsoft yeah. wouldn't innovate. Um, Google wouldn't innovate. And nor would ChatGPT at this point in time, AI, be innovative, right? Uh, if you put so many restrictions these sort of tools wouldn't be used anywhere. And bringing in AI and sustainability is one of those other aspects as well, where we have to innovate in for security to continue. It has to have innovation and it has to incorporate some of the stuff in there. 
So how do we as a community uh, embrace new innovations like AI and get behind the AI revolution or the AI revolution of this year compared to the one of 10 years ago and the one of 20 years ago, but today's AI revolution? How do we embrace it in a way that we are really seen as supporting, enabling and championing championing the use of AI technologies as well, as well as other, other innovations as well? So first and foremost, we actually have to break the myth of AI is actually going to eat up people's jobs. AI is actually going to make people useless. I wouldn't say helpless, useless, right? In my opinion, you know, it is basically when we talk about AI, it is humans who are actually going to take away humans' jobs. Okay. And I'll actually elaborate a bit more. As I actually mentioned in the other bit of it, right? If humans do not really upskill, they do not sort of enable their skill to the extent into the new world, you know, there are other human beings who will actually then run faster and take up that particular opportunity. Now, is that actually an impact of AI? No. Yes, AI is now becoming like an enabler for human beings to learn a lot more. You know, lot, learn a lot more because AI, what is AI? It's an amalgamation of data analytics, right? To a large extent, yes, not just only that. I mean, actually making it too simplistic, but that's your base, according to me. Now, you have data in your hand to actually make decisions, right? AI also enables you to make decisions, but at the end of the day, whether to execute that particular decision or no, I would actually say six out of 10 times, you still need a human being to take it, right? So the skills required to actually take a decision, the leaders, right? So everybody has to become a leader in his own state, right? That is where that myth has to actually be broken. Now, take it as an enabler. You know, you can actually, um, from an AI perspective, put it into two buckets, right? One is realized AI, the other is unrealized AI, which is more theoretical, right? And that is how you sort of differentiate that which is the AI which is impacting you, which is going to be enabling you and which is actually going to enable the wider ecosystem, including sustainability, right? So if you use it in the right way, you know, with the right security cover, okay, and that's pretty important because we talk about data analytics, we talk about data being available in not just few um, bytes and kilobytes, but in terabytes and petabytes, right? Protecting that particular data is very, very important. And that's the other aspect when you when I talk about skill development, right? How do I ensure that the data which is actually there is protected? So you are actually moving your goalposts from the small chunk of data from a protection perspective to huge chunks of data. Yeah, I think also with with AI, it's very much about education and communicating to the users what what your data is being used in an AI situation, but also the opportunities that pre present, present themselves with the use of uh, capabilities use, which are AI driven, whether it's in creative media or whether it's in helping with language development or, or certainly in the health industry, everywhere you look, AI is playing in some way, shape or form a positive contribution 
And we just need to bear in mind that there are many positives to it. And it's just about how we support that. Exactly. And so AI has been a concept that has been growing for many years. It's not a brand new concept. It's just something that has now expedited into this, into our um, generation much more due to fast computing algorithms, more motivation, you know, people having more data skill set in that space, right? But it's algorithms at the end of the day, the algorithms that are being mapped and used in use cases, but bringing all of that together from many different sources, comparing them and then trying to provide in information more readily and quickly to likes of people to make decisions. And that's where I see AI being a fundamental um, key player for the, for the next generations as well, right? But then also teaching them how to use it. And education is something that in and out, every day, you know, new innovation is being there. AI is ChatGPT. You've got different tools that are being driven or um, engined by ChatGPT is, uh, is something that you mentioned earlier on. But it's about how you're using it, where you're using it, what are the, use, the right use cases to use them as well, right? It's, uh, and it's about uh, implementing them at, at those areas where you feel that still a human uh, needs to make some sort of a decision at that time. It, a human, a, a, a single person may be running that program or doing the algorithm or doing that survey or statistics or analysis may take a day. But having an AI component with it, it takes seconds and it can do much more different computations and permutations and give a better result. So if it's about climate change or medical or whatever it may be, you're able to give, you, give a more um, concrete answer or decision when you're going forward with it. And that's that's going to help with sustainability as well. Actually, just on that point, so very recently, uh, COP28 has been in Dubai. So one, I, I had the fortunate pleasure of actually attending that uh, in, my, in my time when I was here. Um, and AI, everything that was supporting the sustainable future was based on technology. The vast majority of solutions are technological solutions to help achieve the climate change goals and the UN agenda. And AI was one of those areas. So maybe just slightly slightly in the tangent, what is your view around how cybersecurity can actually help and to support a sustainable future? It'd be interesting to hear maybe Barrett. So I'll break it down into few compartments or pillars of okay. First and foremost, you know, we all hear that the number of resources or the skilled resources required for cybersecurity, you know, we are roughly about what, 10 million resource in shortage, right? Yes. Now, this is one aspect where AI, I'm not saying will actually wipe out that particular entire deficit, but help those who are already into that particular stream, right? either whichever level has an intern or has a leader, right, becomes an enabler for taking fast decisions, right? Um, simple thing, you know, yes, we talk about, um, you know, the perpetrator using AI to attack more. Why don't we look at from another side perspective that if they are using it, how do we sort of use it to create that right defense in depth mechanism, right? Take that informed decision that what is my impact going to be? 
and AI is actually enabled for that, right? So that's that's one aspect onto it. Uh, let's take the other aspect from a technology perspective, you know, and link to sustainability, right? Uh, I was speaking to one of the CIO and actually said one of the initiatives which they have actually taken is moving to the cloud, right? So I said, okay, so how does that actually help sustainability? Yes, my computing is now centralized. It's away from my organization, right? So, you know, the power you say, it's the heat or, and the various different aspects from a climate perspective, I'm actually moving it away. So my question to him was, so are you actually saying that you are transferring your risk, right? A, B, how about the cybersecurity around it, right? Uh, how are you ensuring that it's secured? How are you ensuring that it is risk averse? So his impromptu answer was, oh, we are actually not moving everything off, hmm. okay? We are actually doing in phases, which is to me the right way of doing things, right? But where do you draw a line that within how many months am I actually going to do that, right? Now, also having said that, <clears throat> one aspect which I was actually telling him that moving to the cloud may sound that, yes, you are actually taking that approach of sustainability as well as trying to bring in efficiency. But the fear is that as soon as it's off your back, okay, you then tend to overconsume and, you know, keeping a lot more than what is actually required. So in some shape or form, you're actually reversing the entire process from a sustainability, so from a COP28 perspective into that. Now, take the positive bit of it. Yes, there are a lot of uh, tech companies who are actually coming up with solutions which can actually fast track, you know, the um, decarbonization process. If you try to do it manually or without the right data analytics part of it, you know, it may actually take you years, whereas AI is actually enabling that to come up a lot faster, if that answers you. No, that, that makes perfect sense. Definitely. Look, uh, you know, AI and COP28 have, and sustainability, they all have synergies in one one shape or form, right? Um, putting it into a more business perspective, companies are looking at how they can meet the COP28 goals because every organization out there has some responsibility to the or the environment we, we all live under and ensure that, you know, greenhouse gases and things are then also sustainable for us to live in. Um, when it comes to artificial intelligence and security, it's about also getting that information. How is it being used? How is it? So where does AI and uh, security come into place? Well, AI helps then run statistical analysis on the information that is gathered through these organizations and collaboration that uh, across the world as before, it used to take days and weeks and months to do. But now it's about the permutations and computations of it and looking at how it can then be used for different ways. And And we've got much more data, right? Data is one of those biggest things that um, we have been gathering for years and generations and centuries. But how to then make use of that is what AI is helping us expedite. We would have taken it years to actually do that fundamental analysis and understand what we should do next to bring down and meet those goals. Uh, that's where I think AI is playing a bigger role for us in the sustainability um, venture. I just want to follow up with a, another discussion more around the human element of cybersecurity. So the key question I have is, how can we influence change in the cybersecurity landscape? How can we encourage people to change? And what are the 
personal qualities do we feel people need to have to be able to encourage and influence that change? So um, if I have to take a cue back from my experience, um, I had the privilege or still have the privilege of working 360 degrees. What do I mean by that is I've been engaged with, you know, the big partners. I've also worked with uh, financial institutes across the globe, as well as worked with startups. Now, one key element which I see very important, which has actually helped me, is to understand business. You know, cybersecurity is not te- just technology. Cybersecurity is not just, you know, the firewalls or the DLPs and um, SIM kind of thing. Yes, those are the fundamental elements which enables security. But understanding business, ensuring that whatever you're actually trying to put in place, how it actually enables business to grow. You know, work with the business people as their partners and not, I know what I'm actually going to say, may actually sound a bit controversial, but from a security perspective, as a CISO or a senior professional, don't be seen as an auditor. Don't be seen as a check in the box that because regulation wants it, you have to do it. I think be the right partner to the business by A, analyzing what business needs, the potential risk, but more importantly, how do you actually overcome that? How do you sort of enable to minimize the risk? No, Can it be short-term, can it be mid-term program? But the day you actually demonstrate a business that you are actually their enabler, cybersecurity goes a lot more seamless. Now, how do you do that is um, what, again, taking a cue of what I've, from my experience, right? Over a period, I have sort of also taken as a side note in terms of understanding how business operates. Now, when I say business, I'm not just talking about the end state business, even the operations, right? So break it down into three components, right? The any business would actually be, I mean, organizations do business from a revenue perspective. So look at from a revenue stream business, look at those um, functions which actually supports the revenue generation. Yeah. But there is also the silent spectator, as I actually call it, has more from an operational perspective who may not be able to demonstrate a quantified dollar value from a revenue perspective, revenue spectrum, mm. but they are very, very critical. Right. Like, for example, human resource, right? Human resource, if you actually ask me, quantify it in terms of business dollar value, very difficult. But they play a very, very important pivotal role because if their process fails, you know, if people don't get their salary, as an example, because of the NHR process, you know, it is an entire cyclic. So understanding those pain points, understanding what enables them, right? And overall, ensure that how you actually are a business partner from a security perspective, helping them to mitigate the risk so that they can then do what they are experts in running the business. No, thank you. I think there are two parts that resonate, well, probably many parts that resonate, but certainly two at this point. Um, The first one is when you mentioned around just... um, those hidden parts within an organization like HR, it reminds me of security. As we all know ourselves, people tend to know about it when something's not quite going right. And that is so true about a lot of the organization. But so their value to the business, you're right, it can't be 
completely quantified. And that's why sometimes in cybersecurity, there's always a debate about how much is enough to spend, how much is not to st- not enough to spend. So that certainly resonates very well. The other point that you made, which I thought was a very good, is having exposure to multi- multiple organizations as well. And from, from my own personal experience, um, I won't say I've been around quite a lot, but that sounds, but having been in end user consultancy, um, different geographies, different cultures, it's that through that experience, do you learn how everything else doesn't work well? And you take those little learnings and then you take them forward. And that's what really helps you to understand business. And I'm almost like an advocate for change here. So if you're stuck in a job for more than two years, go get a new one now. But I think change is good, or at least change within your your own existing environment to get exposure and look for look for those learnings. And, and that is where basically I sort of myself, brand myself as a one CXO, right? So because you actually want to be everywhere, but your key focus is at the enabler, right? And that's, that's to me very important and I've actually seen success around it, yeah. Very true. I mean, uh, change, transformation is one of those things that, and pivoting is one of those synonyms that you use constantly. And being someone that has been around in different organizations, countries, geographic areas, um, even different types of uh, businesses and organizations, from large organizations all the way to startups, having that perspective and insight is very different. And the appetite for change or transformation is different as well. And when you're bringing in cybersecurity into these different areas, there's the appetite and the culture is some organizations will have a huge appetite for this type of transformation and change because they it's part of their business, it's their part of their ROI, it's part of their branding, it's part of that. And then from the other perspective, it's that, okay, if I uh, bring in security, if I bring in this change, how will it hinder my productivity and how will, it, how will I get to my goal faster or will it slow me down? So there's a wide spectrum for us to be there. Um, cyber, I would say security experts, because we don't have only one silo that we look at, we look at it from all perspectives. As Barra said earlier on, right, it's from the people, um, technology and processes. And we look at everything all together in, in not a silo, but together. And we look at the synergies between them, because if we don't have the synergies between them, they don't have the right balance, uh, we can't get security in place. Um, giving everyone access to everything isn't the right way of doing it, right? <laughs> Just to do their jobs. Giving them no access to everything, that also will be hindering them. So what's the right balance and what are the counter controls or safeguards that we need to put in place? That is our job at the end of the day. And identifying and helping those business leaders that are actually more focused in other perspectives or their uh, fields, helping them make those decisions and come up with those, you know, counter, being their sounding board in a sense, I would think that would be the right word of saying, being their sounding board to say, look, if I'm going to make this change, how will this impact this? If I'm going to say, open up, um, uh, open up my app to different users and I'm going to try to get, I want to get some data from them. How will that play into my organization? As a security expert, you might be saying, well, you need to look at data privacy laws, you need to look at compliance laws, you need to look at, you know, um, even how you can host that data, for example, how you're going to make it anonymous. Uh, so we look at different things from different angles of it, not only from a security perspective, but 
having that perspective as a a, um, a security expert working in the different areas, you gain that um, that experience. And I think that's where we have a unique position. Uh, it's about you know having that experience and exposure from playing different roles from you know from early on in our days of uh, being an analyst or a developer and understanding how that's basically baked into it to actually then being an you know expert in helping organizations make the right decisions so it, it's about growing in this field it's and we continue we always learning that's our stuff right that's Definitely. that's how we innovation <laughs> so Going beyond, obviously, us as a cybersecurity community and broader mm. business community, how do we enable or how do we see the role of an individual in support of this goal to ensure security is sustainable in the future? That's a very good question. And I think as an individual, for me, um, personally, it's about making the right choices, understanding it, and understanding um I think technology as well, and not limiting ourselves for being exposed or taking risks in that space. Um, if we're going to always be scared, we wouldn't be where we are today uh, in in lots of aspects, right? In the medical field, in our own um, research and our own development. Uh, so I think we as individuals have to take risks. We shouldn't limit it. And also be open to learn. I think learning is the key uh, part of of growing. 100% agree there. I think it's also learning, but also helping others to learn and develop themselves, no matter what walk of life they come from. Because cybersecurity for our, is a requirement, not a requirement, it's almost like it's part and parcel of how we live in society. So we just need to help and support different parts, different communities to understand what cyber means for them, but also maintaining perspective because obviously there are some people have bigger problems to worry about than security. So we've always got to have that in the back of our mind. Right. So, so my, my view is um, everyone, okay, every one of us are leaders in our own space. Now, or two specific roles, if I'm actually say each one of us, and specifically the the tall leaders, you know, uh, they are actually on to it. Um, one is, you know, enabling the right strategy, both from a sustainability perspective and impact. Uh, look, business runs on impact, yeah. right? You, every action has some of the other reaction, right? So sustainability and impact from a, strategy perspective is one of the role. The second role is how do we sort of ensure that we actually deliver deliver quick wins, right? Yes, long-term, mid-term, long-term will always be there. But if our focus is to actually have as many has, has, has quick wins, you know, it actually goes a long way, especially when we're actually talking about, again, from a sustainability perspective, simple thing, how do I re reduce the waste? How do I manage those waste, right? Those are all quick wins, which can actually be achieved. You don't need too much of technology exactly. to actually do that, right? So once we start encapsulating that into our own DNA, post which we can actually then also lead people who are maybe a step behind or are struggling to actually do that. But if we don't embed that into our own DNA, 
my view is you know just by being a leader and you are dictating and you're not following it you are a manager and not a leader and as i sort of said you know, each one of us are a leader in our own space you have to follow that yeah. i think you you that's a very good point being a leader is not about dictation it's about learning it's about sharing it's about embracing and it's about putting all of those things you know continuously in place if we're not doing that as a community in together in a in a community of leaders i would say then how are you moving and innovating again because then we exactly. isolating ourselves right and i think that's one of those things that have cha- has changed over the mm. last you know few years a decade i would say that people are sharing more information we being more open over it and we're saying hey you know what look i need some input into the space and this is where these sort of podcasts are becoming more and more prevalent where you know le- leaders people who have expertise are sharing their ideas and their thoughts and uh, experience yeah i mean sharing their experience the good bad and or ugly yes <laughs> we should not be shying away from that because again when i say not so good or not so um, or ugly kind of thing by sharing that you are actually enabling the next person in line not to make those mistakes and that is what sustainability is you can you are actually helping the overall ecosystem to sustain a lot longer exactly i completely that completely resonates with myself leadership is about inspiring empowering nurturing the next generation to know what they need to do to become leaders in their own right they already are as you were describing but it's just giving them the confidence and the belief to be able to take those risks in life that everyone needs to take exactly it's no more those times where you know you're naming and shaming is what it's supposed to be now it's about hey i made a mistake hey let's applaud that you actually made the mistake or you've learned from it how did you resolve it exactly recognize that you exactly. made a mistake yeah. i think that's that's the key and i think yeah. that's one of those things of sustainability again is and that, that and coming back round to the culture of an organization creating a con- culture of an organization conducive to risk taking conducive to okay you've made an error but most most customers most people are very forgiving because if if obviously if it was done in it you know in the right way um because you can be truthful and honest to yourself uh, and to whoever your stakeholders are um and that's much more much more the right way to do things absolutely i mean just like you know when we talk about hacking we talk about ethical hacking and non ethical hacking even these risk which we actually take if we have taken it with good intention it is absolutely taken in the right spirit you know yeah i mean uh, there would be free incidents where it's not taken right but let's ensure that we don't make those as an example right but Fairly. make the examples where it was taken the right i'm not saying we should make commit mistakes we should make make mistakes no but you know it, it's bound to happen that is how you actually learn and that is what risk management is all about risk management sustainability all of these topics that we've been talking about right now they all fundamentally so intertwined it's not it's hard to just say okay this is the right answer or this is the wrong answer or just talk about one subject itself they literally intertwined and one can't be supportive without the other um so cybersecurity is a broad domain and a, a, under a large umbrella of uh technologies and industries as well so it gives us not only just one aspect and one element and you can't just pigeonhole it into one thing but it cuts across everything that we need to deal with 
completely agree. The whole alignment with cyber, with sustainability, with quality, with business, it's all intertwined as, a, as this living, breathing organism. And I think, I think for to be successful as a business and as a security community, understanding that and aligning cyber and wider risk management into that organism is going to be key. Well, um, I'd just like to say, before we close out, I just have one final question for each of you. Um, and it's really just a short, sharp question um, with a short, sharp answer, hopefully. Um, what is that one piece of advice that you would give to someone who's perhaps looking to enter the cybersecurity community or or just come out of university or college? What's that? So I would actually say two bits of it. Um, first, collaboration. You know, collaboration in cyber, specifically in cybersecurity, is the key. The second is learning never stops. Every day, every minute is a new instance. You have to keep on learning. Otherwise, as I actually mentioned from an AI perspective, it'll, you'll be defeated by a human. I would say from, from my perspective, just have passion. And um, if you have passion in anything, cybersecurity is prominent there. It's something that you will always, it's it's the, like the air you breathe, um, where if you have passion and, uh, and innovative and be curious, curiosity is the key for me. I, passion definitely is one for myself. I think every time I, or we look to recruit as an organization, no matter what entity, it's always looking for that individual who's got that fire inside them. Because if without that, then it's going to be an uphill struggle. If you have that fire inside you, then anything is possible. That desire to learn, desire to succeed, all these important traits. And curiosity, curiosity of learning and not stopping and understanding how things can work, how, how can you improve it. It can be attributed to anything and, you know, added to anything that you do going forward? Personally for myself, it's about um, taking a risk. Don't be afraid. Just don't be afraid to take that leap of faith. Don't fear what people may think of that because sometimes people are held back by what other people think. And actually, it's all about you. You do what's right for you and um, take that leap of faith uh, in business and security everywhere. And personally too, I think that's it, right? Having risks. We're all taking risks all the time. Yeah. When you walk out of your house, you're taking a risk. <laughs> True. Right. right right from that particular I mean, leave alone walking out of your house, even sitting over here doing this podcast is a risk of the roof coming down, right? <laughs> but these are all calculated well, risks which we Thank you for coming. Yeah, no, I really appreciate you coming over to my house this evening. And uh, but thank you very much, both of you. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you, Vidya, thank and you thank much. you. It's Barrett. our pleasure, Mark, and thanks. We've had a wonderful, wonderful time. Amazing. Thank you. Yeah. That's thank great. You. Thank you. Thank you. Until next time.